Well, aloha, friends. Welcome to Chatting with Mel of the With Mel blog and video podcast. This is my opportunity to speak with you today, which is October the 23rd, 2014. And we are in episode seven of the audio podcast. I like to use as many mediums as possible to connect with you. Some of you knitters like to watch and knit, and that's where the video podcast comes in pretty handy. Others of you might be more inclined to be my nature, which is I like to sit and read. And so writing to you by way of the blog is a great source for me. (laughs) Certain things I can share in written word instead of sitting in front of you face to face. But then there are those friends among us that you guys like to have things downloaded and in your ears and you just want to be able to look and do and be a part of whatever it is that you're looking at and into with that that sound in the background. And so for you, um, I share my voice. However you connect with me, I am so thankful for that kindness that you share. You paying attention to whatever it is that I have to say. What I'd like to say right now, of course, is a huge mahalo nui loa to our current sponsors of the blog, the video podcast, and the audio podcast. Space Cadet Yarn is a yarn supplier of the Moana Kea sweater kit. And that sweater has a knit together that launches on Halloween with all kinds of tricks and treats galore for those knitting this sweater. I'm really excited. It's um, gonna be a lot of fun. And that sweater, Moana Kea, is a striped one perhaps you've seen on the blog. It's knit in Lyra, and it is a fantastic yarn that is springy and bounces back. It has a lot of energy and it holds color in a way that you just can't even beat. I enjoy working with Space Cadet and Moana Kea sweater and Knit Together is no exception. Another mahalo I'd like to give is to Infinite Twist. Infinite Twist is an incredible indie yarn company. Um, it's based in Shanghai, though Kate, the head proprietress, is an American living in Shanghai. And she shares more than just incredibly beautifully dyed yarn with crafters. She has actually begun a shawl along. And if you go to the Infinite Twist site, in the upper right-hand corner, you will see a tab that says Shawl Along, which includes some incredible insight from knitters, designers, bloggers, and podcasts on all sorts of things from color theory by Kate to shawl construction. I even give my two cents on ways to wear your shawls, aside from the norm. So I encourage you to head over to the Infinite Twist website, www.infinitetwist.com, and discover more shawls and information on shawls than you could ever imagine. And while you're there, if you decide to place an order, you can use the code with, W-I-T-H, Mel, 
M-E-L with Mel, one word, and receive some wonderful mini cakes. These mini cakes can be used for adding a dash of color to mitts or socks or hats. And it's a great way that Infinite Twist gives you, the knitter, a chance to sample some beautiful colors as well as perhaps a base that you haven't tried. So that's who is making this possible right now. And I'm excited to share and talk with you about some things that I'm doing today. Now, many of you may have noticed that my audio chat, very much like my video chat, doesn't have fancy segments. I'm just chatting with you. But I did kind of want to frame it a bit and give you uh, an idea of some things to come today, just to maybe see if you are interested in listening further. <laughs> so I want to share with you a bit on what I'm knitting currently today in my lap, which is actually two separate items. I also want to share with you a bit about some upcoming fun that I'm excited about that is more of um, an activity with other people. And then I'd like to kind of get everybody in the spirit of the season. <laughs> Actually, I more for myself, get everyone excited with me or maybe to cheer me on about the fact that it's fall and the cooler weather is coming. And to share with you a, a piece um, a beautiful piece of poetry and a challenge. So if any of that sounds good to you, why not grab your tea or your coffee or like me, some fresh pressed apple juice. Oh, I'm so excited. And we will sit with our knitting or crocheting or embroidery or just, you might even be making dinner. Wherever we find ourselves, I'm looking forward to the next few minutes with you. Well, on My Needles is a project that you guys have not met or seen yet, but you will. And it is a boxy cropped sweater, which I'm still debating whether or not it wants to be a cardigan or if it wants to be a pullover. Isn't that the fun part of when you're knitting something just kind of free form and you start out and and you're just kind of, you've got the plan, you've got it sketched, you know what it's supposed to be, or perhaps you have your own pattern that um, you've, you've bought the pattern, you've bought the yarn, you start out on it, and then you may decide that you want to do something different. Well, such as it is with this one. I'm really enjoying it. Um, so that's the pattern. Let me talk to you about what I really can share and how much I love what I'm knitting in. Right now I am using Quince and Company's Chickadee Yarn, which is 100% American wool. You've got to love this stuff. It is so springy and wonderful. I got this yarn at the Knitting Pipeline Retreat in Maine, and I wanted to make something that used just this yarn. So I figured out how many yards I have, I figured out how many stitches per inches and how many inches per body, <laughs> my body, and I'm making, as I said, a, a cropped cardigan or sweater. We're not sure yet. I'll keep you posted. 
The color that I received is Aleutian, and it is a beautiful, deep blue. It almost has uh, hiding inside of it deeply. You could tell that it, it has a dark um, base to it. Uh, I have it on my lap, and I've got on brown corduroy pants and a brownish greenish black sweater and this fits in with it very nicely because it's a deep deep color but it's warm it's not a, a cold family color it, it's definitely got some warmth to it so the tag says that I should be getting 6.5 stitches to the inch on size US 3s and 6 stitches stitches per inch on size US 5. So I am knitting right now with my 3.75 millimeters, which are US 5s. Let me tell you about these needles. I love, love, love these needles. These needles were included in a kit that I actually ordered from the Infinite Twist. So they're needles that you can get through Kate uh, of Infinite Twist. They're wooden at the ends. And then they have a metal join, which bends, it's, it's, the join is stationary, and it's bent, and it leads into a wire cable, and it's covered with um, a nice coating to it. But one of the things I absolutely adore about these needles is the juxtaposition of the wood, you know, that warm, natural wood, and then that, that cool kind of urban or industrial element of the wire. The join is smooth. I will snap a picture and put it up on the blog so you guys can see these needles. I love them. Love them, love them, love them. They swivel easily, and uh, I do not ever have problems with my yarn catching. And I think chickadee could definitely um, be a, a type of yarn that catches because it is so... Um, fluffy or um, springy. It just has a lot of energy in it. And so it could catch on these and it doesn't. So let's see. What else can I tell you about this fantastic yarn? It's, it's a beautiful color. Oh, I was telling you about the stitches. So I am using the recommended size US 5 where I should be getting six stitches to the inch. And I just wanted to really quickly let you know about tags and you as a knitter. The yarn says this, but in real life, I am getting, um, after steaming it and, and finally getting my measurements according to what it will be after, I get five stitches per inch, and that would be 20 stitches for a four-inch square, and I get 36 rows for four inches. So... You know, mine is a little bit different. Before soaking and blocking, though, interestingly enough, I was getting six stitches to the inch on the US fives. So after soaking and blocking, though, that changed. And it's, um, it's quite a lovely effect. The yarn, like I said, is it just reminds me of a playful, happy... I was going to say a playful, happy child, but just a... a a playful, happy yarn. Uh, it's not tight. It's not very dense, but it is, I think it's right as it should be. To me, as I look at it, it looks like this is how the yarn wants to be worked up. It's not too loose. It's not too tight. The drape of it is beautiful as I'm, uh, I'm 
draping the sweater over my arm, this piece, it's done in pieces. So the back is draped over my arm and it, um, it definitely holds its shape, but it's more graceful and fluid rather than being determined that, hey, I'm going to be this shape. So I'm very much enjoying knitting with this yarn. Um, have you ever tried Chickadee? I'd be interested to hear. Um, they have some beautiful colors. Quince, I just am amazed at the depth of color that they have. And it's, um, it's just perfect for something. <laughs> so I am enjoying this. I, you know what I like about being able to sit here and visit with you? And I know there's little bits of pauses, but I am actually knitting as I am talking to you. I can tell you about the yarn as I'm working it and, you know, stop and ad admire the yarn. And, and if you were knitting right now, why don't you take a minute and stop and admire your own handiwork and just think about what it is that you are doing right now that you really enjoy about knitting, about creating, whether you're knitting or crocheting. Um, I took my daughter to the orthodontist. She only has a couple more months and then she's free. She's so stoked. And as I walked in, I, I was knitting this very item here in my lap. And um, as I was talking with the um, the wonderful technician that or hygienist that was working on her, um, you know, I, I was looking at her, and, and she just kept looking at me, and she gave me this funny look, and she said, "You're you're doing that without looking at it." And I said, "Yeah." She said, "I just became a knitter." I was like, right on. And so um, she was chatting with me a little bit about it. And I just kept thinking all day today that I want to go through and get just a couple little things together. Uh, because she said, you know, I, I've knit a square and I'm trying to knit a scarf. And she's like, sometimes if I'm not looking at it, she's like, I can't do it. But sometimes I'm looking at it and it still continues to grow. I was like, oh, and she said, no, I don't, I don't mean grow as in length. I mean, grow as in it grows appendages. <laughs> it just reminded me of the time when, when you start off knitting, how, um, oh, it's just such a neat journey to be on. And yes, there are appendages that may grow. And then after a while, it becomes something that I was actually reading a book. It, it was a long ordeal for poor Natalia. And you sit back there with them. They have a little place for the parents to sit if you want. And so I was reading a book, and the other lady said, you can read while you do that? And I said, yeah, and I bet there are actually knitters that would knock your socks off, lady, because I am not anything to be abreast with. Um, there are probably knitters out there that can knit and tap dance and pat their head and rub their stomach all at the same time. So um, I just thought it was funny because I remember those moments being those ladies where I would see someone when I was just starting off and I was just knitting those millions and millions of washcloths and thinking, holy cow. And then as you advance and, and you, you get more familiarity with what you're doing and you have that muscle memory and, and you're kind of in your element, um, you realize that it's, um, it's just a beautiful gift and that, um, it's not as hard as you thought it was, but then it can be more challenging than you've ever imagined. So, yeah. 
So that's what I am knitting right now in live time. And I was going to tell you about a project that I'm getting ready to knit later on this evening. Um, I have two things queued up. Uh, literally, the one ball here in front of me is looking at me with the needles. I went ahead and swatched. And laugh all you want, but I swatched a little swatch so I could knit a hat. I am knitting a hat for Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed is our mailman. And I have to tell you a funny little story. Uh, it's rather embarrassing. My kids make fun of me at least once a week about this story. So we moved here, of course, and um, you, you move from your element where you feel safe and secure. And, you know, everybody on the, the, everybody in the street where we live knew each other. My kids knew all their aunties and uncles, and, and we knew their families. And uh, I don't know, there's something about an island mentality you feel that um, you definitely feel that Ohana. And um, you know that if you do something on that little island where you live, there's only a plane to get you off unless you're going to swim. <laughs> You've got to deal with and interact with the people that you wrong. So there wasn't um, a sense of of nervousness or fear and then we move to the mainland and it's busier and faster and there's plenty of people around us that we don't know so that's setting the story up we're here in our home and my kids came in one day and they just going nuts so excited they bring in the mail the mail is finally making its way here and they each have suckers or lollipops or lollies I don't know what you want to call them but the lollipops in their hands and they're big lollipops and I said where did you get that and they said the mailman and I said, give me that. And I <laughs> took the, you can't just take, you just cannot take candy from strangers. He's not a stranger. He's really nice. And they went on and on and on about him. And I said, no, no, no. When your dad gets home, he can taste them. <laughs> and if he doesn't die from being poisoned, then you guys can have them. And, um, you know, I went on and said, you know, just because we live here now and, and you guys are running and playing and meeting new friends, you guys just can't take candy and food from people you know, without asking mom and dad first, um, just because I was nervous. Well, it went on. I think it happened once or twice more. And I finally said, you guys may not eat that candy unless mommy meets Mr. Ed or meets the mailman. Okay, well, we'll let you know next time he comes. And they kept calling him, you know, the mailman. And I met him. Mr. Ed is the sweetest man ever. And I felt like such a heel for telling my kids what I did. He could, you never know, he could be crazy. He could poison them, you know, just complete not from this neck of the woods kind of fear. Um, he is 83 years old. He served his country through two, um, I believe he said two wars and or two, um, I want to say he said two wars. He served his country proudly for 30 years in the military and he volunteers and he was just sharing with me this sweet little old man I'm talking to. <laughs> He's just brilliant. He um, doesn't have to work. He just, he wants to be busy. He's from an era where he said he just can't imagine not working, not, not um, giving back to the world. And so he loves being a mailman. He actually gets out and he delivers where he could just be like a lot of mailmen and women. Um, there's nothing wrong with it out in the rural areas. You can just drive your car up and, you know, they, they lean out and they put the mail in. They don't have a mail truck. Like in Hawaii, they had mail trucks. 
um, or where we lived, it was just a post office. But um, Mr. Ed, when we have a little parcel, even if it's a small one, he will get out of the car and he comes up and he knocks on the door and he hand delivers it and asks how we are and he's just fantastic. So I'm looking at this yarn and I love this yarn and I'm going to tell you guys more about it in the future, but it is going to be a hat for Mr. Ed. It is um, Mr. Ed's hat. It needs to be special. So I swatched for it so I can figure out exactly what I want to do. And um, I think I might even make him a scarf just to just to share some of the thanks and aloha that I have for him. He is just fantastic. And so my friends, that is pretty much what is on my needle at present and what I'm going to be doing later on this evening for Mr. Ed. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, other things that I'm excited about. Let's see. Aside from knitting, I am excited about um, not just knitting, but the community, like I had said earlier, that um, we're going to have with the Moana Kea knit together. That starts on Halloween, and that was intentional. I've been working um, working for quite some time on getting together a special page that has all the different pattern helps and um, ideas for how to specifically swatch for the sweater and different things because the Moana Kea sweater is a top-down raglan increase um, sweater. You know, you're knitting in and around. And the fun thing is there are so many possibilities for this sweater. Don't worry, those of you who are not in the KAL, the pattern will be available after the KAL. So um, in December, you should be able to buy the pattern separately. It's knit in Lyra, and it was designed using a gradient kit, is what I used. And instead of taking Stephanie's gradient kit, um, I had already done Pauhana, and it started with one color and faded to the other, and to the other, and to the other. Um, and so what I had told Stephanie I was going to do, she's the head space cadet over at Space Cadet, I said, you know, I'm going to uh, play around with it and see what else this can do. And for me, you guys know, uh, the color challenged person that I am, I took this dark skies kit, this gray colorway, and I thought I could stripe this. I could just get crazy and stripe it. So before I actually started, I swatched a very long, long, skinny swatch and striped it. And I would pull back and I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to put the gradients together in striping fashion. And the perfect thing is I bought the kit and the stripes just worked. You know, I didn't have to think about it. So for someone like me, um, doing color work, I can see how helpful buying things in a kit is. Um, I have seen kits before and other websites where you're just like, oh, wow, they, they put all this stuff together for you. Yeah, they do that to help you so you don't, um, if for, for someone like me, I wouldn't mess things up. <laughs> so it was great fun to do it in the gray dark skies. And then I played around in some other different uh, colorways. And um, so the beginning of this knit together, it's fun. We're going to do some swatching. We're going to do some playing around with colors. And then the sweater is a very fast knit. It's, um, it's stripes kind of breaks it up. It gives it that uh, striped sock feel where you just want to get through the next row and it doesn't really feel like you're knitting a sweater because it's just these little stripes that you could just eat up. 
And then the sleeves are done in a, a fun ribbing. And the side of the sweater is done in what I think are some very flattering pattern lines. And the bottom picks up where the neck or the collar, the, the, the faux mock turtleneck um, is done where you knit um, through the back. And so it kind of raises that knit stitch a bit. And that's how the ribbing is done when you cast off. So I'm excited to share the elements of this sweater with the knitters in the knit together. But like I said, don't worry if you're not in the knitting, um, the, the knitting group that is knitting this with the Space Cadet yarn. The pattern will be available and you might be a much better color artist than I am and you can pick your own colors in ways that will completely knock my socks off so I'm excited to excited to see how that happens and plays out in the future for those of you um, so that is something I'm looking forward to I'm of course looking very much forward to the um, activity that I have um, coming up that I just want to tell you guys a wee little bit about. When I was in the northern state, the great state of Maine, I met uh, Louise Hunt, who is the dear, amazing, fun gal behind the Caithness Craft Collective. She has an Etsy shop and a podcast, and I love her podcast. I'm really enjoying it. She lives in Scotland. And it was just perfect timing because I had been working with a couple of dyers to put together an activity and Louise fit right in. And so she's got a, a job for this activity and in weeks to come, I will be sharing more about it, but it's going to be something that is just amazing. I'm so excited. What else have I to share? It isn't necessarily knitting, but it's something that I think is great fun. And it has a bit of a challenge to you, dear knitter. I know as we work and we, we practice stitches and patterns, um, we're stretching our minds. But um, as I was out with Wiggles, my dog, there's a trail. Well, if you could really call it a trail, it's more like sandy areas and it's some trees and it's over here where it's quiet. Um, and the sandy areas just kind of meander through the trees. Sometimes it's a, a wide expanse of sandy, smooth area that you can run. And other times you really have to kind of squeeze your way through some things and over some fallen trees. And it's, it's quite an adventure. I really enjoy being out there. And as Wiggles and I were romping through, there were a, a, just a big pile of leaves uh, that are brown. And they, they weren't uh, beautiful colors like you see these great, fantastic shots on Instagram of these lovely colors. They were just brown, a very warm, comforting brown. Beautiful, but um, nothing spectacular and show-stopping. But as Wiggles and I were out there romping and I saw the brown, it, it conjured up a time when I was younger and I had to memorize a poem. And it was funny, as I ran, 
that that poem kept going through my head that one from childhood and I suppose I was about 12 ish when I had to memorize it for school and it was funny that 27 years later I could remember only the first stanza minus the last two lines and so as I was running it kept going over in my head going over in my head and I thought my challenge to myself Mel is I want you to know this poem so I came back and I'm going to share a poem with you in just a moment that if you want to join in this is the challenge memorize this poem I'm going to read it you're going to hear it and what I'm going to do is from now until Thanksgiving week by week I want to learn another stanza and I'm going to read it here, but on the video podcast, I'm going to have you guys keep me accountable and I am going to um, recite the stanza that I've learned that week for accountability. <laughs> but I just love memorization and not just for myself. Like if you ask my kids, uh, one of the things they have to do for homeschool is a lot of memorization. I just think that if you want to rekindle some of those fading embers of those little gray cells, as Agatha Christie says, that are tucked away, that um, memorization, it, it just kind of primes those, that primes the pump, it gets everything ready. And so the invitation is here for you guys to learn this poem together with me by Thanksgiving. And it is a poem from the poet James Whitcomb Riley. He is fantastic. And the poem is When the Frost is on the Pumpkin. When the frost is on the pumpkin and the fodder's in the shock, and you hear the kyuck and gobble of the strutting turkey cock, and the clacking of the guineas and the clucking of the hens, and the rooster's hallelujah as he tiptoes on the fence. Oh, it's then's the time a feller is a feeling at his best with the rising sun to greet him from a night of peaceful rest as he leaves his house bareheaded and goes out to feed the stock when the frost is on the pumpkin and the fodder's in the shock. There's something kind of hearty-like about the atmosphere when the heat of summer's over and the cooling fall is here. Of course we miss the flowers and the blossoms on the trees and the mumble of the humming birds and buzzing of the bees. But the air's so appetizing, and the landscape through the haze of a crisp and sunny morning of the early autumn days is a picture that no painter has the color in to mock when the frost is on the pumpkin and the fodder's in the shock. The husky, rusty rustle of the tossels of the corn and the rasping of the tangled leaves as golden as the morn, the stubbles and the furries. Kind of lonesome's like, but still, a preaching sermons to us of the barns they grow to fill, the straw stack in the meadow, and the reaper in the shed, the hosses in their stalls below, the clover overhead. Oh, it sets my heart a cackling, like the ticking of a clock, when the frost is on the pumpkin and the fodder's in the shock. Then your apples all is gathered, and the ones a feller keeps is poured around the cellar floor in red and yellow heaps. 
and your cider makings over and your women focus through with their mints and apple butter and their souse and sausage too. I don't know how to tell it, but if such a thing could be as the angels wantin' boardin' and they'd call around on me, I'd want to accommodate them all the whole endurin' flock when the frost is on the pumpkin and the fodder's in the shock. James Whitcomb Riley lived from 1849 to 1916, and he, <laughs> when you can read his work, he has such imagery and he's able to capture words in such a way when he says if such a thing it's f-e-f sitch s-i-c-h if such a thing could be oh just i encourage you to head over to the blog i will have this bit of fantastic just <laughs> american poetry um it just kind of gives you uh an early visualization to me I, I always think of like what thanksgiving was a long time ago when people were gathering things and yeah so that will be linked and again my challenge is one stanza per week and in four weeks we will have the the framing of the poem down and we can practice the the essence of just tweaking it just so and then on thanksgiving day you can stand up or sit down by a fire and share it with your family so who's with me any takers <laughs> well i think that's going to be it for today i'm excited to go and sit with my family now and have a nice hot cup of tea and hopefully my kids have finished baking chocolate chip and pecan cookies We've been corrected. We've always said pecan, and I've been told it's pecan. So chocolate chip pecan cookies sounds delicious. Please make sure that you let me know that you were listening and tell me what you were up to. I always look forward to reading your comments and I look forward to seeing you on the video chat, the video podcast, and showing off a bit of what's in store to come. Oh, and you'll have the chance to keep me accountable for the first stanza. <laughs> Aloha, you guys. <laughs>